This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Oh shit! It's Vince Russo! Vince McMahon's best kept secret. I am the anti-Christ of professional wrestling. David Arquette won the world title. I've got a wife, three kids at home, and I really don't need this shit. How can this show be so awful, Mr. McMahon? I didn't think it was. My anger on a pole match. And Hogan, you big bald son of a bitch, kiss my ass. Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. Now you're the editor, right? Yes, I am. Mankind did it! Chappy Chappy! Beep beep! Goldberg steered Russo out of the cage! I'm from New York. I'll get down right nasty. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Al, I like that. Uh, that is a very, uh, very impressive... Uh, shot uh, yeah. far, far, far from the two plants dying in the cages. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure out though, bro. What is that on the back wall? Those red and blue, like what? What's what's happening on that back wall behind? Yeah, that one. What's happening oh, back there? That's uh, that's like all the the episodes of uh, OVW, the DVDs and uh, uh, tapes of. Uh, previous OVW episodes all all of so that i mean that that's that's a big chunk of the library right there well we've got it digitized but yeah originally danny danny had, uh, would put them on uh, dvd so i still have those here in the offer so we've got like i think we're on episode 1245 or something uh tonight uh of conse- consecutive episodes so there's a lot of a lot of tv back there on that back wall <laughs> Now, what what belts are those, Al? Uh, those are called titles. Belts hold up your pants. <laughs> Remember what Vince McMahon? Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got the uh, uh, WWF World Tag Team Title, and I've got the uh, uh, NWA or the United States uh, Title. I was given that out in California. It was the actual one that came from, you know, the uh, actual lineage, and then. Uh, I've got a, uh, a Reggie Parks uh, job squad belt that uh, was made for me as a gift. So now when you go, you know, after this, when you go down to OVW, because, you know, you got I know you got TV tonight. Uh, yeah. I know it's a TV night. Do you take like one of the belts off the wall, drape it all over your shoulder and walk around backstage like that all, all day? All, all day. So that, that <laughs> the, uh, the talent know, you know, <laughs> I, I once I once was over at some point. So. Al, let's talk about that for a minute. Man, you know what I mean? So. Let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. I, I, I know we don't want to run off OVW fans. I, I okay. And that's the last thing I want to do. Right. What is your psychology uh-huh. of the grown man that brings the wrestling belt with him to the wrestling show yeah. and walks around with the belt draped over shoulder. I would love to hear your take on this. I honestly, uh, uh, this is a shoot. I think he should have to defend it at a moment. <laughs> that is great, Al. Yeah. I love that, bro. Al, like, you know, you know, going, what? if he's going to the concession stand, you know, yes. and you just somebody rings a bell and then shits on. Let's go, bro. Al, that 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 is in line with my idea. First of all, that's a brilliant idea. Jeff, yeah. think about television ratings and attendance. Yeah. You show up at any arena at any time with the belt. It's it's yes, yeah, Al, you, in Al, the parking lot. Oh, I know, love that, Al. You know what that mirrors my idea, bro? Uh, my, my idea. You know how like they always talk. You know, baseball games. You know, they're long. They're bro. My my. How I want to change baseball? Yeah. Bro, when the ball gets hit into the stance, yeah, if it's caught, it's an out, bro. It's okay. an out. Yeah. I mean, how tremendous would that be? I've got, I've got even a better idea. Go ahead. Uh, make baseball more exciting. One, when you go up to bat and you hit the ball, you can run the bases with the bat and then strike people that are trying. Oh, to- wow. <laughs> Two, if I catch the ball, okay, and it's not an out, I can throw it at the runner and get him out just like a kickball. 
That would be awesome. Oh, my God. I love these ideas coming yeah. from Al first thing in the morning. We're going to freshen baseball up a bit, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Golf should be full contact all the time. Oh, my God. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Jeff, are we not opening up with it? Yeah, are we not opening up with a video, Jeff? No, no videos this no week. Videos. Must, no must, videos this oh, week. No, didn't didn't uh, get any videos this week. Oh, must have been a light week in the yeah. crazy department. I don't know. Well, you know, they probably ran out of like you know because the price of gas right now to light people on fire is really high. Yeah, really high. It's not in the budget. Yeah. Al, when you they just can't afford a gallon of gas. Al, when you hear "Living the Dream," which is the shirt you're wearing, right? Yeah. Who, when, when I hear living the dream, bro, there's always one person that immediately comes to my mind because every time over the last, geez, bro, when did I meet him? 96? I don't even know. Every time since 96 when I ask the question, how you doing? The yeah. answer is always living the dream. When, so when, when you wear that shirt, who do you think of first? Well, I, I don't think of Pat Kenny, but... Uh... <laughs> No, but but I think Pat Kenny ripped it off. He you, did, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you know who who would, who always says that, bro? When you ask him how he is, uh, no, I don't. The Red Rooster. Oh, Terry Taylor. Oh, oh yeah. my <laughs> Terry Taylor, bro. For, since '96, <laughs> Terry, how you doing? Living the dream. Living the dream. Ltd. Do you have any idea where that came from, bro? That is widely used in wrestling for right, people yeah. that don't know. Do you know where it came from? I think it came from Dusty Rhodes. Really? Yeah. Was it a promo? Was yeah. it? Yeah, it was a promo. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Living yeah. a dream, baby. Right. The shirt was when you know we made made the shirt for Collar and Elbow when you know Dusty passed away. So you know. Ah, okay. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I think that I think that was where it originated, and then then it kind of got with the boys because you know the boys can always be negative and complaining because. Granted, nobody had a gun put in their head and made to be a professional wrestler, but now they are a professional wrestler, and then all they do is bitch and complain about being a professional wrestler, and you walk up and you go, hey, how you doing? They go, oh, you know, living the dream, bro. Living the dream. Yeah, that's what Dusty always used to say, living the dream, baby. Living yeah, the dream. Living the dream. Living I wonder if he said that first in a promo. I, I believe, like I said, I think he did, yeah. Yeah, man, the art of the promo, Al, huh? Dead. Uh, Dead, brother. It's gone. You know, and, I, and you can you can tell you know uh, a talent the 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 key to learning or knowing and understanding any of these skills is just simply believe believe that you really are going to say whatever it is you're going to say from your heart to this guy that you're about to face in a competition. You know what I mean? That you're trying yeah. to intimidate, that you're trying to psych out. Just believe if you're in the ring. Just believe you're really in there to win. If you are portraying, you know, like The Undertaker, you're portraying a dead guy. Just believe you're a dead guy. Because the audience desperately wants to believe in who you are and why you're doing what you're doing or what you're saying. But they can't believe in that if you don't believe in that yourself. Al, Al, you know what I always say, which is very similar. We're saying the same exact thing. The one thing I always say is, you know, bro, because I was, a, you know, I got in the ring a couple of times, but I, I was a novice. But I, I can say I got in the ring a couple of times. No, I can. No, no, no. But here's what I want to say, Al. Here's, <laughs> what, champion, Al, here's what I want to say, because this is all I did. And yes. I find this the most difficult thing for wrestlers. And I can't understand it. And and it's what you just said with different wording. Just right. be, in, be in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Be, be in the moment, bro. That's it. And and just believe in what's happening. Right, like, right. Why it's happening, you know. If, if, if somebody does something to you, how would you react if it were real? Right. Not how am I supposed to react. Right. No, how would you react if it were real? What would you do? What would you say? How would you behave? And just do that. But they, 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 you know, they think that it's this paint by numbers formula that they have to use uh, when they they approach it. You know that oh, you it has to be done this exact way. And you know, back in the day, a guy like Dusty Rhodes, there was no there was no script, there was no you know there was no uh, you know oh well I gotta I gotta follow this exact formulatic approach. He just went out and he talked and he spoke from his heart. You know, and that's why it got over. And that that was why people paid 
to see him, you know, was it was far more about how he spoke to an audience than how he wrestled. And, you know, that's always been the case. You know, more people will walk into a building to watch someone compete or, or participate in anything if they can talk them in the door. You know, look at Conor McGregor. I mean, that, that's a prime example of a guy who can, you know, talk him in the door. Muhammad Ali could talk him in the door. You know, you had, back in that time, you had tons of great heavyweight boxers. You had Joe Frazier, you had George Foreman. You, you know, you can go down the list of people that were really, uh, you, I don't think you're going to have, you know, you don't have another generation of that type of boxer since. And uh, those other guys couldn't, you know, they couldn't draw like Muhammad Ali, you know. Muhammad Ali drew because he knew how to talk him in the door. And and Conor McGregor drew because he knows how to talk him in the door. And and you know, it, it and it's because they believe in their own hype. They believe in what they're saying. And you believe in them. So you're you're motivated to want to pay to see him. I swear along those lines, man, you know, the, the other night, you know, I was, you know, late at night, nothing on TV. So I'm doing my YouTube, my YouTube searching, you know. And bro. <laughs> I come across a clip of Savage on Arsenio Hall. Yeah. Bro, he is out there. No shit, because Arsenio is loving this. Yeah. Loving this. Savage is out there, bro, for, I'd say, 15 to 20 minutes. Which is a lot of time. A lot of time. Bro, they definitely extended segments. They brought him back after commercial. Bro, in that 20 minutes, I think he sat down for a total of about eight seconds. Every time his ass touched the seat, he'd be right. And I'm like, bro, people need to watch this. They Mm -hmm. need to because this is what's missing, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's over the top. Can't turn it down. Right, right, man. No, he's not even in a wrestling setting. He's still, he's still selling. You know, he's still selling. And because Al, Al, you know what it is? If somebody's tuning into this show, a, a housewife, a, a little kid, a seventy-year-old man. Okay, they, they, we, we watch Arsenio. We're going to watch Arsenio. Yeah. Now this guy walks on, and it's who the f is this? Yeah, that's how you get casuals hooked and brought into the business. Yep, yeah. Not because you got a twenty-five minute match. No, but well, you know, if you get seven stars, I mean, that would be a good thing. To do. <laughs> All right, All right Jeff, that'd, that's be great for this. that'd be great for the bit. Be great for us. That Let's get to the uh, thing. Is just you know, it's great stuff. Yes, yeah. so. I, I wish Jeff write down a note, please. Because I know you don't like to do this ahead of time. Jeff's Jeff's got these ridiculous rules, Al. I got I gotta yeah. live with. I got yeah. I gotta live. It's it's Russo's brand, but yet I live in Lane's world. Okay, <laughs> you you tell me how that works. We all live in Lane's world. That's that's the way it goes, brother. Jeff, please make a note. We gotta open up next week with Al with the last clip of uh. Castrating the marks last night. Please, Al, Al, now you got something to look forward to all week. See, see, this is what he's complaining about, Al. You tell me whose logic makes sense. We record the show last night that comes out on Monday. Right, So this show comes out before the show we recorded last night. Uh, And he always wanted to play stuff from the show we recorded last night on this show when it hasn't even aired for our listeners yet. So it wouldn't make sense to them, and it would spoil what was coming on Monday. That's my Logic That's for Jeff Lane's for waiting a week, yes. Uh, well, uh, it, let's face it; it is all about me. So, <laughs> you know, uh, why make me wait till Monday? I mean, uh, let's <laughs> do it now. Al, I want to ask you a question because this yeah. has been. And here's another thing where I live in Jeff's world that pisses me off. Yeah, I always get yelled at for Jeff because a lot of times uh, we do a lot of shows, uh, Al, and on a lot of the shows I will talk about the same content but the reason i'm talking about the same content is it's the same topic but i have a different guy on the show so i want to get his take he jeff doesn't understand that yes i do but i got a lot of feedback from our listeners i don't care 
I want to ask that. you something, Al. Why, why care about the listeners, Jeff? I don't care. <laughs> I want to ask you something. because but Here's why I got to ask Al these things. Al's doing it right now. Al's in the position that he's doing it. Right. Al, listen. I want to ask you this question. The guy, the, the brains, the guy running OVW, the library behind him, uh, yeah. live from Louisville, the whole nine yards. Belt on the wall. I want to ask you this serious question. And, and, Jeff, this is the third time now I'm talking about it because Vic Venom brought it up. I wanted to get Disco's take. Now I want to get Al's take. Well, if you want Disco's take, you definitely need mine. Yeah, I definitely I, I haven't said anything about this in, like, a year anyway yeah. because I know it was a losing battle. But it I, didn't come from me originally. I took feedback I, from my listeners. Don't get fresh. Don't be saying, fresh. Saying these things. Did so. your parents used to tell you that as a kid, Al? Don't be yeah, fresh. Don't get, don't get Look at fresh. All right now, listen to me. I'm reading an interview with Nick Khan yesterday. Okay. And Nick Khan is saying, and I'm like, just oh God, I'm I'm literally sitting here and I'm saying, God no, God no. He's talking about the television deals. You know, they're going to start renegotiating them. Okay. So he taught. He says he's setting us up, bro. Don't be surprised. To see SmackDown go three hours. And don't be surprised if we add another show like AEW is adding another show. Really? Here's my question to you, Al. Al, listen, make uh, no actually, vote. I think he said he would like a show every night of the week. Every yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Now, Al, let me ask you a question. That that's honestly. Wait, can I set you up with the question? <laughs> Al, when I say Al, let me ask you a question. I'm That's the cue wait for the question. We were. This is called a conversation. Uh, you know, it's a give and take. You All know right, Al, let me okay. ask you a question. All right, go ahead. Al, it is no – I've said this for God knows how long. Yeah. I'm all about business. Business is about making money. I'm the right. first one to say that. No, don't, Why are you in business if you're not in business to make money? However – when right. when Raw took the money for the third hour, right. th- for whatever reason, bro, whether they they didn't have the creative juices, they didn't have the right people, what whatever reason, when they took that third hour of Raw, bro, they clearly bastardized the product. At that point, they <laughs> said, "Okay, bro, it's going to be quantity over quality." That's what the the more we could churn out, the more content we could put out there, the more money we're going to make. It's not going to be as good if there was less content, but the more money now, now they're continuing down that road. Everybody puts SmackDown over because now let's face it. It's a two hour show, not a three hour show. Now they're going to make that three hours. Now it's going to become another boar fest like raw. They're going to add more programming. They're making money hand over fist. However, hurting the product in the meantime, I want to hear. I want. I want to hear your take on that, bro. Television networks are coming after you. Al, we want a hundred hours of TV. Al, the, the more TV you can give us, and you're sitting there saying creatively, bro, we can only do so much. That's going to be quality. Right. What, how do you handle that? I mean, that's it, it's. It's a very interesting situation because if, like, okay, let's, because like you said in your your opening statement, like, you know, everyone is in business for one reason, and that's to make money, okay? If, If by adding an extra hour to Raw, it becomes pedantic and boring. Hold on a minute. Wait a minute. What now? Patantic? What is that? The band, the rock band? Meaning, you know, useless boring. Why, why are you throwing patantic out there? Like, like no, you know titanic. damn well I don't have I don't have a clue to what that means. Potato and Titanic. Okay. Why are you throwing patantic out there when you know I don't have a clue to what that means? Just wear your tank top and let me. All right, go ahead. Now. Patantic. Go ahead. G- give me another word for patantic. Boring and it's not, and it causes you to lose an audience. You know, then how is that for the why is the uh, network motivated to give an extra hour that's simply going to and historically has shown that it causes a loss in an audience? It doesn't gain 
anything, you know, uh, one, uh, because that just doesn't make sense. Where's the, you know, if, if SmackDown, I don't know the numbers, but if Fox was, I know at one time they were not exactly, uh, excited about what SmackDown was doing as far as ratings were concerned, then why are you giving them yet another hour that they may not be able to draw sufficient ratings from? That it doesn't make sense. They, they must. It must come out where they end up benefiting in some manner. The, the network is, is it advertising dollars, bro? They have it. They have an extra hour. But you can't sell advertising dollars for a show that doesn't draw sufficient numbers. True. And, you know, and if you do, you can't sell it at a rate that you would want to where you make money. I just that just doesn't make any sense. Okay. Uh, second though, uh, uh, you know, we put the heat, you know, you, everyone puts the heat on creative and it is, it's a very difficult job even just to do two hours of television every single week. I mean, you know that, you know, you got, you have at least a minimum of 12 segments of TV every single week that you've got to put together and, and, you know, people don't understand it's like putting together a picture puzzle without a lid and without uh, edge pieces. And, you know, the wrestlers are pieces of the puzzle. And you've got to you've got to when you're putting the puzzle together to make the best picture, the clearest, most focused image that you think will sell to as much of an audience as possible. You've got to rely on those puzzle pieces going, eh, I don't want to do that or, oh, that one got hurt or that one's sick or that flight got delayed. And now that changes just taking that one piece of the puzzle and it now not, it doesn't fit there no more. Now you got a big open spot there and it changes to some degree or another, the rest of the picture. And now it may not sell as well, you know, and, um, uh, that's very difficult, especially now when you add a third hour, that's another six segments. Now you're doing 18 individual segments a week. That is an enormous workload for anyone, but, and I, and I think you would agree that if this circumstance were around back during the attitude era and the, the difference being the, the, and what I mean when, when comparing the two in the attitude era, I think everyone can agree. Now, I don't think anyone's going to argue the point that, uh, every single talent that was on, on that show, on Raw, you could describe to your friends and family in a sentence or less. Everyone, you know what I mean? Every guy, you know, from Blue Meanie to Gilbert to Crash Holly to Steve Austin to The Rock to Triple H, you, you could you could describe every single person on the show. And I think you could have had three hours back then and could have easily been able to tell a story throughout the three hours because of that, because of the fact, one simple thing that you had a different level of talent, um, you know, and we and we always point the finger at creative. But again, and I've brought this up before, once that talent goes through the curtain, their sole responsibility, not not you know, creatives there to help, they're there to assist. It's not their responsibility to draw an audience. Their responsibility is to assist and to create circumstances or situations that allow the talent to be able to make themselves a star. And if the talent aren't doing so and motivating an audience to watch, then the onus goes on the talent, not on creative. Al, let you me know, ask you a question. It does, it does work synergistically. I, I got, I, I got to push back a little bit on that. Well, hold on. It, Go ahead. it does work synergistically because, uh, you know, creative can put a talent into a much more challenging position to make themselves a star. But again, the talent's job, is to the minute, even if you're a musician, you walk out on stage, your responsibility is capture that audience's attention and motivate them to want to see you and listen to you play. If you're an actor, the minute you walk on camera, your job is to captivate and motivate that audience to want to see you. If you are a comedian, if you're any form of entertainment, that's your job. And, and yes, a, uh, the wrong creative can make it more of a challenge for you to do it but it can't stop you from doing it. And that's, Let me, I'm going to push back a little bit on this because you, you are creator. You, you do this every single week. I don't anymore. Thank God. 
I don't. I got to ask you this question. Yeah. WWE. Let's let, let's talk about creative and let let's talk about the one hundred percent onus is on the talent. Yeah. They did it again um, two weeks ago. And I wouldn't say one hundred percent. I'd say sixty forty. Okay. I, let me ask you this. Let me ask That's you this. Sixty forty. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't watch NXT. So 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 again, there are a fraction of the Raw audience watches NXT. And I'll tell you why. I watched it one night. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. It was right. terrible. It right. was honestly God, like you know, not my circus, not my monkeys. But it was so overproduced, and it was so plastic, and so clearly false. You know what I mean? Of yeah. everything, the, from the action in the ring to, and then. Out of two hours, I think I maybe only saw three actual matches. You know, I, I saw a lot of backstage interviews and, you know, and uh, vignettes and things that didn't even have anything to do with the upcoming, the next match. Yeah. And, uh, and it was, it was not entertaining. Okay. So I don't watch NXT. Th- bro, this happens. I-, I am not kidding you. This happens once a month. Once yeah. a month. This is what they do once a month. Yeah. I'm watching two weeks ago. I don't watch NXT. I don't know any NXT background. And here comes a brand new female wrestler. First time we're seeing her. No vignettes, no nothing. Her name is Zoe Stark. Okay. So Zoe Stark comes out and okay, bro. She looks like every other female wrestler they've trotted out here for the last year. She works like wait wait a minute, let me let me let me defend. She works like every other female wrestler they've trotted out here for the last year. Now, unless you have a snake around your neck, unless you literally have a knife stuck in your forehead, what the hell is Zoe Stark supposed to be able to do within their parameters in order to get herself over? Nothing. She's she's shot in the foot. But that's what I'm saying. But that you you you're saying the Jonas is 100 percent on the talent. Oh, I'm saying 60 40. It, it, because again, it's but it is on her. I mean, she's now she's got a platform and she can take a chance, but she won't because we've discussed this also. Now all of the talent are job scared. They're no longer. It's no longer a situation of. Hey, I got to go out there, and I've got to get over because if I don't get over, I'm not going to draw, and if I don't draw, I'm not going to make any money, right? That's the way it used to be. Like you, you had to go do it, right? Now right. you're going to make a significant amount of money whether you get over or not. Yeah, you're going to make right. more money if you get over. Let's face it, but you're already making more money than you ever imagined you would have in your life, anyways. Yeah, so you want to just maintain that money and be safe. But you want to be, you want to play it safe. You don't I got you. You don't want to cause any waves. You don't want to creatively take chances. You know, you don't want to upset people in the locker room. And let's face it, if you are going out there with the idea that you're going to do everything you can to get over, you're going to upset people in the locker room because they're going to want to do the same thing. That's a very it's it's that's where it's very it's it's a very dichotomous business, you know what I mean? In the sense that you you can't do anything in this business by yourself. You just can't. It's 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 impossible. Okay, you can make yourself a star, but to really, really get over, you need the cooperation of some your partner in the ring, your opponent. But at the same time, they're wanting to do the very same thing. They're wanting to capture that audience's attention and they're wanting to be the star and be the thing that the audience remembers while they're supposed to be out there cooperating and trying to make you that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you really have to um, understand how this business operates, you know, like I heard an interview with John Cena. He was talking about, you know, when he was going to work with Brock Lesnar, you know, right after Brock had beaten Undertaker for his, you know, streak and how Brock came to him and was like, you know, Hey, Steve Austin, I had to, you know, this idea. And, and John Cena goes, you need to go out there and just, you know, suplex me multiple times and then beat me. And Brock's like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, and he goes, you have to, because if we go out there and we have a 50-50 match, it ruins all of that that you got 
from beating the Undertaker streak, and it ruins the Undertaker streak by just simply having that 50-50 match. You should take advantage of this and come out there and, you know, just kill me. Because if you don't just, it's because tonight's not my night. Tonight's your night. And, and for business sake, because we're all going to benefit and we're all going to suffer if we don't do it this way. And, and you've got to get the talent to understand that concept that when it's their time, they take it. When it's somebody else's time, it's they, you know, they've got to allow them to take it because you can't always be 50 50. And you've got to know how to do that to conduct proper business. God, I love that you're bringing this up, Al, because I don't know if you saw last week's um, show or not, <laughs> Raw, but it was the first time they just did the split and missed that and the other thing. Yeah. And it was the first time the Intercontinental Champion, Gunther, worked on the show. That he's got to go out there and make an impression. Gunther, bro, goes out there and it, it's in a tag match. Gunther's going blow by blow, 50-50 with Owens and, and Zane. And then oh. listen to this, Al, they throw Gunther over the announce table. And I'm like, bro, that guy's dead in the freaking water. Like, oh, what are you doing, bro? You shot him in the foot. His and first time shot. out on the show. You shot yourself in the foot because now you don't got him to work with and make money. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> but that... Remember, and I used to bring this up in the meetings in Impact because everybody wants, oh, no, you can't do that. You know, we got to protect that guy. If you protect everyone all the time, no one gets over. Right, if right. no one gets over, no one gets heat. And if no one gets heat, we don't draw money. And, and that, that's just, it's just a fact. And you've got to know how to operate. That, and that, you know, and that, that is why three hours is not good. Because if you have an extra hour, or even now they're talking about another hour to SmackDown and another show, but your your you, your producers and your talent don't understand the concept of when and how to properly do business. They all want to be, they can't give and take at the right times. Then you're going to have it's it's not going it's not going to work. You're not going to have a compelling three hour television. Al, the, the story is it's it's a six man, right? So it's Gunther and his two guys against Riddle, Zane, and Owens, and and the the story throughout the match is okay, bro. They're annihilating Gunther's guys, but every time they take Gunther in, you know he's he's dominant, he's dominant, he's dominant. Finally, they realize we got to get rid of Gunther. Okay, Gunther. So, like I said, bro, they're freaking throwing the guy over, I, and I'm like. Bro, how about in order to get everybody over, the baby faces are smart and Gunther is a animal. Bro, why don't and, and and Matt Riddle is is kind of out there. Why don't we just handcuff Gunther to the ropes? How about that guy? And throughout the match, he can't get out at you. He's selling. He's trying. Meanwhile, you're dominating. The, now everybody gets over. Then he breaks free. And right. Right. Yeah. But no, bro, they, they literally, two guys that look like Laurel and Hardy beat, beat this freaking giant. And I'm like, yeah, forget it. I'm, I'm tapping out of this. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's, it's too bad. I mean, because, you know, the guy, Gunther, clearly uh, could draw money. Yeah. He, you know, there he has heat. He has interest, you know, but when, when he's poor, you know, and but that's he's got to, again, the, again, the onus goes on Gunther. He's got. He's got to speak up. He's got to speak up, and he's got to stand up for himself. And he's yeah. got to know when to do it. You know. Yep. yep. Uh, you know, everybody talk. You know how Steve, how difficult Steve Austin was, but the reason Steve Austin was so difficult was because it took so much for him to get there, and he did. That's right. And and I totally understood that as a writer. I mean, bro, he he, I totally totally got that as a writer, and I didn't blame him for it. Yeah, I mean it. it you know, and all that did was it forced everyone to up their game. Yeah. You know, but now you've got people that are, you know, again, like I said, they're in a position because of the structure of the pay that they're now it's considered a job and they're job scared. They're afraid to get fired when you can't get fired in wrestling, especially if like Gunther 
were to go in there and were to make himself on the level of a Steve Austin type star, which he could, you know, it's it's possible for any of those people to do it. Mm-hmm. Considering the platform that WWE gives them, any of those people can become, you know, on that level. But, you know, and Gunther could have a run, let's face it, he could have a run with Roman Reigns or Cody Rhodes, you know. If, yeah. If right. they just give Cody the title, you know, he could have a run with Brock Lesnar. But he's got to look like he could have that run now. Yeah. Wait, you know, six months from now. I'll I'll, look like it now. I swear to God, it's what you're saying. And bro, I've been in I'm I'm looking at this as somebody that's been in the business forever, but I'm also not in the business anymore. So I am a fan. It it goes back to Al a couple of months ago, they're they're booking Rhea Ripley with every woman on the roster and every match is a 50-50 match going 12 minutes. Now, now, Al, wait a minute. So now they have her stand, getting in the face of guys and the guys are backing down. And I'm like, wait a minute, bro. She was just going 50-50 with women for the last three months and the guys are afraid of her? The girl that's half her size, she can't beat. Right, she's right. 50 with, no. Yeah. But that's, that's, and that's uh, that's again, again that's where I say sixty forty or seventy thirty because that's the fault of the agents or the producers appeasing or appealing to the egos of the talent and the talent feeling like oh I gotta I can't look weak I gotta you know I gotta yeah. get my stuff in too and it's like it's not it, this isn't your night you know right right, right. we're all going to, that's why we call it doing the favor not right. doing job you morons okay we're doing a favor we're all going to take a step back to elevate this person you know and because we're we're you know we all maybe maybe they'll draw maybe they'll get hot and then we'll have somebody to work with and then that when the right time comes now you know because you've got to in order to get somebody over you got to build a mountain for them to climb right don't build any mountains for them to climb well, then they're never going to face a challenge. They're never going to, if they never face a challenge, they're never going to accomplish anything. Yeah. Well, now we're not building any mountains. We're building hills. The only one that we're really building, the only mountain besides Brock is, is Roman. And, and that's not enough to sustain a three hour show. You can't. Yeah. And that was my point is that we had plenty of, you know, they were different heights we had foothills, we had hills, we had, you know, small mountains, we had the Rocky Mountains, you know, of guys, talent, all up and down the show. And, you know, the, you that were people that were built in different ways, and, and that could sustain a three-hour show. But, but uh, it's confusing, because if the networks are going to offer a third hour, and they're going to pay for that third hour, well, of course, the company's going to take it. You know what I mean? They, they just... It, they're not going to go, no, I'm going to turn money down because yeah. to your point, they're in the business to make money. Yeah. But if the networks know this doesn't generate higher ratings, but actually causes rating loss, why are they doing it? Because yeah. they, it's not like they can sell the the advertising at a, a higher rate because they're not drawing bigger numbers. Yeah. Yeah. For that very reason. So it's very confusing. I don't, I don't get it. Hey, Jeff, I want you to uh, write down a note. Uh, going forward, when Al makes these claims uh, of things he said twenty years ago, I did uh, of meetings I did of meetings I was supposedly in. Going, when he claimed, I want you to just hit just hit this button. But this is all speculation. We yeah, Al, things you said in meetings twenty years. Stop with the things you said in meetings twenty years ago. You were sitting right there, and I said them to you. But this is all speculation. We don't know. That's all right. speculation. My ass. But this is all speculation. All right. We don't know. Jeff, do we have a news story for the great Al's? I love Al's background. Al's really putting – you know what it was, bro? Yeah. I'll tell you what it was, Jeff. The couple weeks ago when he came over, oh, I'm tired of, of filming. I'm tired. He realized he better step up his game to be on a show like this. I got I – got, I even got my little uh, – I got my beanie baby from WWE. I got uh, – <laughs> I got my uh, – I got my pop figure. Bro, uh, do you have the infamous doll that got banned from Walmart? I've got it around here somewhere, yeah. Oh, man. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. All right. Yeah. Je- Jeff, what do we got? All what do we got for out today? What, what, what's going on out there in the wrestling world? 
I don't know if you saw it in that that Nick Khan set people on fire anymore. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. What did Nick Khan do now? Well, he also said in that interview (laughs) that you've that you've been referencing that they're having discussions about making the third hour of Raw more adult. Didn't specify exactly what that means. You would assume language, blood, probably. Yeah. scantily clad women who knows but to make it more adult in the third that. hour so that's something that they're discussing right now i bet um when he mentions that it's it's following the path that aw is is kind of treading right now and that's one language you know because i'm a, i'm surprised at some of the stuff they say on there and let they get away with it with the fcc um but i guess the rules have have really been lo- loosened as far as language on TV or cer- in certain hours. <clears throat> uh, remember in AEW when they were first on the air, how guys were just drinking openly and getting drunk yeah, on the yeah, air? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam I mean, they were just sitting there pounding them right in front of the camera, you know? nobody. How you ever hear that story? You'll love this story. Let me share a story with you based on this, okay? Uh-huh. I'm at WCW and bro standards and practices were so up my backside. I'm not making any excuses, but it was nothing like USA network. USA network was Bonnie Hammer would say this, bro. If you're going to do something that's, that may get us phone calls in the morning, just give us a heads up just just so we can be right. They never one time said, no, you cannot do that. Just give us a heads up. Right. Right, So how, we're at a WCW, so I want to do this bit where Scott Hall and Kevin Nash show up to the building drunk. Okay. Okay, bro, you know, t- that's their characters. They're drunk. Oh, yeah. They're causing chaos. They don't care that they're at work, right? Right. Standards and practice. Oh, no. Oh, no. We can't have wrestlers drinking. Oh, no. So, Wow. Uh, the uh, you know the 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 mastermind I am, and that is not speculation. That's been proven over and over again. I, I say, wish okay. that button right now, man. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'll listen to this. So I go, okay, standards and practices. How about we do this? Hall and Nash show up to the building, and they're sick. They got a cold, and throughout the entire night, they're chugging a night all. <laughs> they're chugging cold medicine throughout the entire night. And as it, as the show is going on, they're getting more, more plastered off. Of the, yeah. Oh, that was okay, Al. That was all right. That was good. It's all right. Because that's a different form of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> that was all right, Al. That was okay. All right. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So, Al, you're talking about the, uh, the, the but Al, that, that formula is not increasing AEW ratings. No, it's not. And that's why I wonder why they're now motivated to, you know, unless they are, they know themselves that, that, that third hour is like an albatross around their neck and that they, they think that by now making it more adult, that they're going to generate viewers, that they're going to create a hook that's going to drag an audience to that third hour or maintain or keep an audience because there's the intrigue of, you know, Ooh, that's going to get racy. I wonder just how racy and, you know, like, uh, you know, I think Jeff, you were talking about, you know, scantily clad women. I doubt that they're ever going to go back down that path considering, you know, the modern day, you know, society and everything. I think they would get the wrong kind of heat in that situation. And, you know, I think those days are gone. I think though it would it is going to be more you know cussing more blood and guts that kind of thing and 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 you know it, more garbage uh, wrestling mm. is what I call it you know like some of the stuff that AEW does now you know I get like some of the some of the stuff you know gimmick matches they do but some of them I think they just do to do because they think that that you know it's going to pop a rating. And, it, and that thought process never does. It never has and never will work where you just do a stipulation match to do a stipulation match to pop a rating. It just doesn't. What pops, what creates the ratings are the why that stipulation was enacted between the two participants. And then in and the, and the, and the heat, the interest, the desire to see that, that outcome or that justice served to uh, one of those participants from the other. 
Um, and that's why you have the stipulation, not just, oh, well, we just have a stipulation. And now these guys are going to fight all over the building and bleed and, you know, try to kill each other with a screwdriver. They're like, you know, you know, we have a cage match and somehow the cage was useless because, you know, uh, the manager gets in with a screwdriver and then, you know, ha ha, we fooled you. You know, I took the screwdriver away from, I punched him in the face, took the screwdriver away from him and then. He came back and used the screwdriver on his own guy. Just oh, I swear to God, I can remember. And and to me, uh, oh, back in my day, no, bro, this is the way it should still be. Al, I can remember you know, from very very early stages in my life. Here's Jeff. Here's when blood was used, and here's here's what it did. Al, the baby, uh, and I'm I'm gonna tell you who the baby face was. Mm-hmm. Bruno San Martino's getting his ass kicked. Whether it's John Leo, Don Leo, Jonathan, whether it's uh, yeah. uh, Stan Stasiak, whether it's Big Bob Duncan, he's getting his ass kicked. Right. Then, bro, Bruno starts bleeding, and now you're sitting at home and saying, "Uh oh, now, now you've done it." Now you done it, bro. Now, now you pissed the Italian off, and right. with the red crimson face here, co- that's how you did it, Al. But now, bro, like literally within the first thirty seconds, somebody's busted open. Yeah, and, and you know history, you know, proves it doesn't work because no. where I grew up, I grew up in you know Ohio, and that was the original Sheik's territory, Ed Farhat's territory. And let me tell you something. I mean, you know, we always used to have the saying when I first broke into business, red meant green, which if you want to draw money, you use, you use color, you use blood. Um, but Sheik got to the point where he overdid it. He always had it. And it, all, it ended up killing the territory. A, a historically, a strong money-making territory of Michigan and Ohio were like all the way back to the days of Al Haft. Like people have made a ton of money in Ohio and Michigan, uh, and he, he, and he killed the territory dead because of the fact that every time, every time you turned around, somebody was getting color, and not and not just one match, but multiple matches on the show. So he literally killed the the goose that laid the golden egg, and you know. Um, AEW is kind of doing the very same thing. If the if it's used correctly, like you said, you know those particular specific moments with Bruno, it, it drew a bigger house, mm-hmm. you know, because it made it created more drama. But when it's used repeatedly, then it loses its effectiveness and it doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, you know, and you, you've just got to be very. You know, and it gets to the point of, okay, well, you you know, I, I saw you bleed. Okay, great. Now, what are you going to do that's going to top that? You know, because I've seen you do it so many times. Yeah. You know, and you've always got to, you know, be wise and, and use it judiciously. And it will draw money. But if you overuse it, you know. Uh, you're, numb, you're numb to it. Yeah. And I, and, and I, I don't think, you know, uh, WWE having a more adult-like hour that's going to mirror what AEW does is going to generate them anything. I don't think it's going to, it's not going to motivate. It might for a short period of time because it's going to be, you know, it's going to be different and it's going to have, it's going to have a shine on it, you know, um, but the shine's going to wear off pretty quick. And then we're going to go right back to uh, the typical format of, of, you know, being able to, as the hours go on, the audience drops. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, what, what's next, Jeff? Well, Hulk Hogan was on the MMA Hour, and he talked about that he's always wanted to have a retirement match. He said, but right now I'm not moving around the way I should be, so I keep working and keep training, doing rehab, and we'll see where I'm at about six months from now. And all I've found out in the wrestling business is you never say never. So they asked him about WrestleMania 40 as possible retirement match, which would be the next one, and he mentioned a match with Stone Cold Steve Austin would bring him to do his retirement match. He said, if I had one guy to get in there with, it'd be him. I just don't know with all this time passing and both of us getting older, if it would even make sense. You have to be crazy to get back in there at my age. I just haven't talked to him about anything like that ever. So if he would get in the ring, he would be the guy. 
I, I think it would draw, you know what I mean? That you're talking about two of the biggest stars of their era, uh, you know, and I think there would definitely be heat and it would get a lot of mainstream attention, but I think it might uh, conversely get a lot of negative mainstream attention uh, considering Hulk's age. You know, I don't think. Well, look, look, look at what happened with Flair, bro. That, that thing backfired big time on him out. Well, that backfired because he, uh, right after he did his last match, he went down to the Caribbean and started shooting an angle to do another one. Yeah, but even even that match, like that, people were just not looking at him the same way after that. Not true. I mean, because you had this certain visual image, you know. Uh, I mean, that's let's face it. I mean, and this will sound uh, morose, but like Marilyn Monroe, James Dean, you know, mm-hmm. the greatest thing that really, honestly, ever happened to them is that they went out on top. You know, now you've got that image of them always in your mind. You know, and Rick, by doing that last match, by going out there in that T-shirt and all of that, he took away that image that everyone had in their head of him during his heyday. You know, and now the last, the last impression you have of him is is a frail old man in the in the ring. You know, but I mean, he got to go out on you know his terms. If if it truly was his last match, I think the Hogan Steve Austin match. Is it would have been amazing 10 years ago. You know, even 10 years ago, the clock was ticking. Mm-hmm. But now, no, I I think it would be, it just, and I don't think Vince would ever agree to do it at WrestleMania. You know what I mean? I just, I don't think that would ever happen. I got to tell you, man, it's funny because I saw, a, I saw clips of that interview, Jeff, and uh, I got to tell you, man, this was the first time that I saw Hulk where I actually said, bro, he, he's starting to look really old to the point of bro, the Fu Manchu. Yeah. It's great. Like he's not even, he's not even dying it blonde. I mean, it's gray and you know, the face was really drawn. And I mean, it was really the first time because, you know, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, 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 known my whole life and followed as you know a teenager and whatnot and this was the first time i was like man bro like it's it's it catches up with everybody man it just does what i mean you you, yeah even even though jeff jeff just this past week al's posting pictures of him at the gym yeah yeah what about that what about that not like when i wear a tank top on a podcast so you know, I host a podcast with a tank top. Good Lord. Uh, oh, wow. I wonder why you don't have more viewers. I mean, then they got to look at that for an hour. Yeah. All right. Careful. Careful. You're going to pop a hemorrhoid. Hi, <laughs> Jeff. Give me one more quick one for Al. <laughs> I thought this was an interesting story. I haven't heard this one before. I don't know if it's been told before, but this allegedly took place when you guys were both at WWF. So Gangrel was on the 10 count. And he talked about how at the 1999 Royal Rumble, he was supposed to win the European Championship, but then something happened backstage where they had to call an audible, and he did not win the belt. He said he was disciplined by WWE for allegedly agreeing to sell steroids to a backstage crew member who conducted a sting operation by interviewing talents on camera. He said, I know for a fact I was supposed to win the title that night. Vince, you were writing at the time. Ed was there with you. Uh, Al, you were you were there. Um, he said, but there was some disciplinary actions. I was innocent, but I got caught in the middle of some stuff. There was a big scandal where somebody, a backstage guy, was taping people trying to sell them a bunch of steroids. It was this big thing. Everybody had to get disciplined, and I happened to be one of the guys in there, even though I didn't do anything and whatnot. But uh, he admitted he got caught up in the wrong group. And then he was innocent, so he was cleared by WWE manager. Wait, wait, he was supposed to win the Rumble? No, no. win the European what? Championship from X Pac, who had it at the time. No, because tell me if I'm wrong, Vince. When you were there, there was no European title. There, there was, there was, but this is not true. He was not. I, I can tell you, he. I, I don't know where he got that from. And I love the dude to death. He's the greatest guy in the world. But yeah, that's yeah. that's not that's not true. 
He probably was told that by one of the boys or something. Yeah, but he could have. So, wow, were you involved in this thing with the with the crew? You and the crew selling steroids to people? What, what's going on? Wow, were you involved in it? Maybe this is why you didn't get pushed. Uh, yeah, maybe it was. I, you know, I was probably selling steroids. You know, I just, yeah. No, I, I never even heard anything like that. I never that. heard of this. I never heard of that at all. Like there was a crew member going around and why would you openly on camera agree to sell the person steroids? <laughs> That's crazy, right, Al? Yeah. Why would you do that? I mean, you're just, okay, I'm going to do something that I know I'm not supposed to do. I'm going to do it on camera so they now have evidence. Of was, it Richie, was, it, was it Richie Posner? Was Richie Posner the drug lord, bro? We what? didn't know. Yeah, maybe Richie was selling, you know, wanting to get steroids and get buff. You know, I, you know, I can get it for you. It'll cost. <laughs> I never heard that. I don't know. Yeah, I, bro, yeah. he had to get that story from one of the boys or something. I, I never heard it at out. If anybody could have gotten you anything as far as any kind of a, any drug you could imagine, I'm sure it would have been Richie Bogner. So, you know, because Richie, like we always say, two o'clock in the afternoon, uh. right? Come out, hey, Vince wants a left-handed giraffe. All right, I can get it for you. Never <laughs> what you want to never, man. Crap. How am I going to find that at this point in time? Never said that. <laughs> Always, he just with that same. He just all right. I can get it for you, but it'll cost you. I'll think about that. <laughs> think about that. Seven o'clock, a trailer pulls up, and a left-handed giraffe. Right. Al, here's what I want to know. Uh, who was he calling for these things? I have no idea. Who, who, who he calling for these things, bro? I think I told the story that when you had me eat pepper, I went to him. I was going to get a stuffed chihuahua head, and I was going to start carrying that around and talking to it, right? And I went, hey, Richie, do you think I could get He goes, yeah, I know a guy in New York. <laughs> get it for you. And I'm like, oh, my God, he could, like, actually get me a, you know, a stuffed, and I don't mean stuff like a pillow. I a mean stuffed, a like taxidermied. Yeah, like like Mick Foley has his dog stuffed and sitting in the living room. Correct. Yes. 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 That kind a of stuff. literally made just and could get me just the head of the chihuahua, and then I could carry that around and talk to it. Um, and I and I almost did it. You know, I know Vince would have shit his pants when he saw me come out. <laughs> Hey, Al, listen, can you confirm or deny a rumor? There's there's a rumor going out there yeah. uh, that you can get busted open just by jumping in the Ohio River. Like, if you jump in the Ohio oh, River, you come out busted open, and we don't uh, know why. It wouldn't surprise me. No. <laughs> One time, like, it was the grossest thing. It was that, during that ALS thing, you know, and, you know, getting cold water dumped on you. So yeah. I did it. Did a video and I had a little girl push me in the Ohio River. I could, oh. I could not get out of that thing quicker. Oh, it, 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 what are I you nuts? Like this slimy, greasy feeling. Oh. It was terrible. It was terrible. I'm and then sure. now you're familiar with Jeff. You have to be familiar with this. You're from you're from Evansville. You know you were in Evansville. I could not believe, bro. So you got this river of brown sludge. Yeah. Then they would have Al. When I went to Evansville, this was the big thing: thunder on the Ohio. You, yeah, yeah. you know what that is, right? Yeah, thunder, yeah. bro. They're having these boats race through the muck and mire, <laughs> and everybody thinks it's the greatest thing. It was disgusting, bro. Well, yeah, you know, and and like this, it's Memorial Day weekend, so there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of boats out on the river, and you know, and, and a lot of people take the boats and they go to, there's a certain Island apparently I've never been there. And then they go swimming off the Island. And I'm like, Ooh, God, I cannot imagine. Oh my God. Like all the, everything that's in there. There's a one section like, uh, down the river from where downtown is further down. Right. And, uh, and, uh, this cop that I know, he helps us get, go. There's a, a training fire tower here, you know, where where when we filmed a, a match at this uh, fire tower, and he's he's out there with us. And you know, there's a park right there, right on the river. And he goes, "Yeah, there, you know, this you find a lot of uh, dead bodies here." And I go, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, they t- people bring them here and they dump them." And you know, when we have to go in, you know, the dive team goes in. He goes, "I." 
I make sure I carry a gun with me because there are catfish down there that are so big, like they could eat a human being. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, you'll be down there, and he goes, you could feel something big brush up against you, you know? And I'm oh like, oh, my God. Oh, I am not going in that. You uh, pay me enough. Oh, my God. Kill All me. right, listen, what's going on in the world of OVW, the only accredited school? What's happening yeah. now? Well, we've got live television tonight, like we do every single week. Uh, uh, and again, with the price of gas, we're not going to be setting anybody's balls on fire here. So, <laughs> just too expensive, you know. But we're up to like three dollars and eighty-one cents a gallon. So, you know, <laughs> if you and you know, let's face it, lighter fluids just not going to do the same. No, no. So, uh-uh. You know, pure one hundred percent all American-made gasoline. Yes. So, and I don't know why people are complaining about the price of gasoline when you realize you're getting liquid, badass dinosaurs to put in your car. I mean, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, uh, but anyways, OVW TV is live on Fight TV at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Also on WBNA locally. And then uh, we're on TV in 100 million homes every single week uh, with all of our national networks, YTA, Action Channel, Next Level Sports. Game Plus, uh, the RCN Network, the Lily Network. We're in Guam, Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, the Bahamas, uh, and up through Canada. So we're in about 100 million homes nationwide. If you want more information on OVW, you can go to ovwrestling.com. If you're wanting to learn how to set your balls on fire and save fuel at the same time, then you can go to OVW Academy. And uh, it's the only wrestling school in the world that is accredited as an actual trade school for professional wrestling, sports entertainment, and broadcasting. And you will learn proper rope work and apron work while you're here. Um, If you want more information on that, you can go to ovwacademy.com. And, you know, and you can learn how to put your hands in your pants because that's that's really great stuff. So ovwacademy.com. Uh, we have a new class, a uh, new semester starting up in July, uh, so you can enroll now. Uh, if you are interested in my comic book, you can go to BrokenIconComics.com. Uh, we're about to release the uh, team up with Tommy Dreamer. Uh, that'll be out very soon, so go to BrokenIconComics.com. If you want to follow me on social media, you can go to The Real Al Snow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you name it. The Real Loud Snow, I'm there. Uh, and uh, Jeff will attest, hilarious jokes. Oh, Jeff, God. Oh, God. Awesome, awesome jokes. Uh, uh, Jeff, do you notice, look, like, uh, here's what I'm mesmerized by. Uh, what do you mesmerized Look by? at the way he's propping himself up so he looks huge. Look at him. That, that's why we got the new camera gimmick. He, he's he's oh. been working out. Oh, I'm gonna gonna prop yeah. myself up here. Ah, 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 ah. He couldn't wait to do that. Yeah. The whole show, the whole what? show, you're dying to do that. Say yeah. it. Admit yeah. it. Yeah, there it is. I got. I have to set the. Cam- I can't set the camera up on eye level because it's yeah. on the desk. Yeah. So I put it on the laptop in a book, <laughs> and it's still not up high enough. You, you, I'm telling you, you're going to blow an O-ring if you keep doing that. I want to know about new comedy shows. Okay. Uh, don't, I don't have any right now scheduled uh, for the stand-up uh, tour, uh, but they will be coming out very soon. And uh, if you're wanting my book, uh, you can go to Amazon.com. It's self-help, uh, life lessons from the bizarre career of Al Snow. And believe me, it, it's been pretty uh, pretty bizarre. Um, and... Uh, uh, collar and elbow. You can go to collar and elbow brand.com. That's a nice, and you can get that. Yeah. That's a great shirt, bro. That's a great shirt on collar and elbow, bro. Yeah. It is, we've got a lot of cool designs. So, yeah. you know, not, no, no tank tops like that. Yeah. Well, listen, where do we go? If we want to see pictures of you jacked, where, where can we go to go on social media? I, you know, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting those up all the time. <laughs> you kill me. I love you, bro. Say goodbye. Al. Goodbye. <laughs> bro, I go on social media. <laughs> I see pictures of Val. I pop every time, bro. What's going on in your life, Jeff? 
They'll check out our Patreon, guys, patreon.com slash Russo TWC. We got a lot of different programming over there than we do on Channel Attitude. We got an AEW review with Just Incredible. We got Master Shoot Theater with Ben Hameen and Stevie Richards still going strong with the young writer getting married to Linda. I'm not going to spoil anymore. Check check it out if you haven't seen it. Go watch all the older episodes. They're all up there. We got Disco Inferno, of course, on timeout, EC3 on three brand, Vic Venom with Truth with Consequences. We got bonus shows, bonus cast rating the marks. There's different tiers you can pick, which which suits uh, your listening needs. So you can check that out, patreon.com slash Russo TV. Yeah, we, we had one thing I, I never thought we'd see on Master Shoot Theater, uh, Jeff. We had Vince actually singing Grandma's Feather Bed. Uh, you know, to uh, in a homage uh, to uh, Jeremy Borash, which uh, which I thought was absolutely fascinating this past week. <laughs> Jeff, are we continuing the last Tama on the next show, or is it a new one? Yes, we did not finish that one, so we got and, more and, house. And who is that? Sap. Who is it again? It's Houseman and who? Sap. Oh God, yeah, guys, I'm I'm telling you, bro. This, oh guys, I I I don't I I I can't. I, I'm not. I'm not even going to sit here to try to tell you, to try to sell you. I, I, I swear I'm not. I'm telling you right now, if you are not watching this Sap Houseman show, bro, you're just, you're missing great valued entertainment. I mean, that that's all I could tell you, bro. Either, either believe me or don't believe me, but I look forward to these shows just to see what these guys are going to say. I swear to God I do, Jeff. Yeah, so you can check that out as well. Look, Ma, and I know there's other stuff I forgot. Patreon.com slash RussoTWC. All right, guys, we will see you over there. Check us out. For me, Jeff, and Jacked Al Snow, we'll see you next time.